And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Walking Dead. Hello, and welcome to Walking Dead Wednesday, number 25. We're a quarter century, I don't know, 20, 25 shows. It's a important number. I am Chris Honeywell, and I'm here with my usual co-host, Dr. Bill Robinson. Wait a minute. This is Walking Dead Wednesday? I thought this was Touring Dead Thursday. Touring Dead yeah. Thursday? Yeah. Dude, are we going to do a Grateful Dead show now, man? <laughs> All right. Play. Why not? I'm a poor man. I, I need a miracle. I, I saw the Grateful Dead when Jerry Garcia was still alive, so I can say I at least got to see them before Jerry passed into his diabetic coma. Well, I, probably I, where I'm headed at some point. You guys probably saw on my Facebook. I I posted a few of my Grateful Dead tickets. A few. <laughs> That's a selection of them. Those are sort of some of the more photogenic ones. And that other voice you hear is our other co-host, Sean Engel, by the way. Hey everyone. Before we got. Shanghai by the dead man but that's what the dead did man it's a traveling caravan of peace man leave nothing behind but your footprints and a ton of garbage <laughs> no dude we pick up all our garbage and eat it because it's organic <laughs> no it's honestly true the the, the people yeah, who go yeah, to are. the dead concerts they are they're actually really respectful they you know you go it's the it's the friggin' you know. I I was whatever other concerts that everyone leaves. I was going on. to a lot of Grateful Dead concerts, and I went to a Rolling Stones concert, and it was an eye opener. <laughs> I was just like, mm-hmm. look at all this broken glass. <laughs> Don't people care? <laughs> no, that, that's yeah, they, that's one thing I will say about the Grateful Dead. They 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 practice what they preach. All you know, they all the garbage is made of tempeh, man. <laughs> And when the heat would like ferment it, and that just made it better, man. Maybe this should be traveling. Touring dead Thursday now. All you gotta do is chew your words when you talk, man. <laughs> Far out. Yeah. Dude. Whoa. Hey, what you again? <laughs> Whoa, the dead are walking, man. Whoa. Bogus. You mean Christopher Walken? Hello, Christopher. Like Christopher Walken dead? Christopher Walken dead. (laughs) Oh, please, don't let Christopher Walken die. (laughs) He did so good last time of, you know, know, not having someone die that we mentioned on the show. Oh, jeez. Oh, Oh, no. Don't don't break that streak. We don't need Christopher Walken to pass away. Are we going to put a ban on just mentioning any celebrities on our show from now on or something? No, Al we're Roker. not going to put a ban on them. Al Should Roker. we start Al a Roker. rumor that there's some sort of death <laughs> curse attached to this podcast? Well, we were right the past couple of times. We're, I mean, no, no, no. Uh, we're last... off the hook because we're off the yeah, hook because did... Bob No, because no, Bob Fisher killed uh, Bob Fisher killed David Brenner. Oh, yeah. That was on Facebook you earlier. Yeah, he killed him on Facebook earlier. He said something about David Brenner, didn't he? Yeah, and he then, said he <laughs> was like the back to the bins David Brenner or something. And then a few and minutes just later, in, David Brenner dead. Yeah, wow. as soon as he he as soon as he hit enter, like you know the 
two ounces that go missing at death just went <laughs> out David Brenner's mouth. Good going, Bob Fisher. Now maybe we get to find out freaks. if Bob Fisher listens to Walking Dead Wednesday. Yeah, maybe Two True Freaks has a uh, has a sort of death curse around it. That's creepy. We should, uh, yeah, that sounds like a good rumor to spread. Why not? Get listeners. We get might get thing. celebrities paying us not to mention them on our show. <laughs> the ultimate scam. That would be the awesomest. Uh, <laughs> we'll make yeah, uh, we'll, ma- eat- we'll make millions not talking about Tom Cruise. <laughs> Maybe if we never talk about you on the show, you live forever. Let's let that rumor get around into Hollywood. That's right. They don't want to be in the can the uh, cannibal run. That's for sure. <laughs> Everybody should want to be in the cannibal run. But Sharknado, you know? I mean, we got Sharknado, too. Oh, We're gee. Freaking Oracle <laughs> Delphi here. Mm. Uh, <laughs> hopefully. Speaking of the Oracle of Delphi, maybe Sean should lead us into the... Uh, oh, do, do, do we have any Walking Dead news? Um, only um, that coming up, we'll be doing a, a review of the new Walking Dead book because it's finally I, I Bill Robinson read it, then I read his copy that he sent to me, and Sean's read it. Mm-hmm. So we will be, be preparing a, a a review of that. Yep, follow the mm-hmm. governor part one. Uh, yeah, and I think I think we'll have a few bells and whistles for that show too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, follow the governor part two should be out. It was supposed to be out. I checked at my LCS. I thought it was supposed to be out the fifth, but they didn't have it, so I don't know if it got delayed. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on, but uh, I'm that should... I, I'm thinking it might be for either order or pre-order on Amazon. And if you are going to order it from Amazon, definitely use the link at twotruefreaks.com. Mm. So there you go. I, I got mine for uh, for my Kindle, and I read it on that, and it was it was a good quick read. So I, I can't wait to talk about that, but. But this time out, we've got an episode of the uh, TV show to talk about. We've got uh, got season two, episode one, if we want to get into that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK, well, I'll go ahead and uh, I've got the synopsis this time out. Uh, this one uh, was entitled What Lies Ahead. It was the season opener, like I said, of season two of The Walking Dead. It aired the fir- for the first time on October 16th, 2011, and was written by Robert Kirkman and Frank Darabont under the pseudonym of Ardeth Bay for some reason probably because he was kicked off the show unceremoniously bastards it was directed by uh, Gwyneth Hoder or Hoder Payton and Ernest Dickerson and the story opens with Rick Grimes attempting to communicate with Morgan and Dwayne via walkie-talkie of course not realizing that the receiving end doesn't have a recording feature at least as far as I knew of Rick tells Morgan of the group's losses and that they're heading out of Atlanta on their way to Fort Benning Rick wishes them the best, which again seems kind of pointless as they probably weren't hearing the message since they weren't responding, but whatever. The survivors take off away from the blown up real good CDC and are making good time until they run across a large pileup of cars on the highway. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got a bone to pick in that opening shot before the credits when they drive out of the city. I'm sorry if a major city was being evacuated. Both the inbound and the outbound lanes would be full of cars trying to get out of the city. Just like later when they get stalled in the traffic jam, 
there's cars on both sides of the road going in one direction away or you know they're both yeah but it's not a, as dramatic and iconic of i like, know i i know but i was still yeah, like, I'm like ah it's bullshit <laughs> it doesn't look as cool it looks as cool as the sort of lone vehicles driving out of the city so yeah it just makes for a more iconic shot so yeah i, I know when when they do, uh, when there's been major uh, hurricanes in Florida, they always, you know, both lanes, like if you're trying to get out of the state, all the northbound lanes, north and southbound lanes are turned into northbound lanes so you can get up and out of the, of the state. So, I, don't know. I, I know, I know. Never mind. I'll shut up now. Well, I, I, think they would, uh, I think they would just make all the lanes, you know, going northbound anyway, just so you could get out of Florida. But that's just me. <laughs> <clears throat> Returning to the synopsis, Daryl, on his uncomfortably emblemed motorcycle, tries to lead the caravan through the stalled vehicles until a hoax goes out, again, on the RV. The group stops to find spare parts and scavenge for food, water, and ammo, and things seem to be going well until Dale spots an approaching walker from atop the RV. Seeing the signal, Rick levels his rifle at the walker, planning to take it out, until he until another enters the gun sights. Then another and another, and another, until Rick realizes that the group is about to encounter a herd of over a hundred of the shambling corpses. Rick quickly gathers up the group, having them hide under the abandoned cars until the danger is passed. T-Dog, unfortunately, isn't quite so lucky as he slashes open his forearm on some broken metal of a car window. Andrea doesn't fare any better, as she was alone in the RV trying to clean her gun when a curious zombie enters the motorhome and attacks her while she was trying to hide in the bathroom. Luckily, they both get saved from party members. T-Dog from Daryl concealing him with a corpse, and Andrea getting a screwdriver dropped to the bathroom vent by Dale. All seems to be going well as the majority of the herd has moved along, but as Sophia begins to crawl out from underneath one of the cars, a straggling walker notices her and begins to crawl in, uh, crawl under after her. Sophia runs into the woods with two very clever, very capable of climbing over guardrails, which I found obnoxiously horrible walkers running right behind her but rick is in hot pursuit and he catches up with sophia near a stream where he tells her to hide until he can draw away the encroaching undead telling her to head back to the highway by keeping the sun on her left shoulder rick taunts the two terrorists to traipse towards him while sophia runs away after he's distracted them eventually rick dispatches the two walkers by braining them with a rock that was a plus three rock of zombie killing just (laughs) like to say yeah, he, he, he used the uh, killer croc method. <laughs> Anyone who gets that. While Rick and Daryl are canvassing... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I lost my place. Crisis averted, Rick heads back to the caravan, only to find that Sophia didn't make it back. Concerned, Daryl offers to use his Wolverine level of tracking skills to find the missing girl. While Rick and Daryl are canvassing the forest, Shane tells a bitchy Lori that he is that he has plans to leave the group now that he's found a swanky new Hyundai Tucson, complete with heated leather seats, dual climate control, dual zone climate control, XM satellite radio, and Blue Link iPod interface. And rich buy, Corinthian leather. <laughs> buy yours at your local Hyundai dealer, kids. Back in the forest, Rick and Daryl are hot on Sophia's trail until it runs cold. Sounds kind of stupid. Right then, the duo spy a nearby walker, and fearing the worst, they dispatch it and gut it to try and determine if it had dined on the lost child. Finding not a trace in the gooey entrails of the undead, the two head back to the highway to encounter a resentful Carol, who heaps blame on Rick. 
saying that they'll expand the search at the next day, Rick has the group set up camp for the night. The following day, the majority of the group, minus T-Dog and Dale, head out into the forest to make a more extensive search for Sophia. Andrea asks Dale to give her her gun back, being a complete see you next Tuesday, get what I'm saying, and he will, about him saving her life. But Dale is steadfast against the complete snatch attack by Andrea. The group eventually heads out, and after some searching, they hear a ringing bell in the distance. Hoping that it's Sophia raising an alarm, the group come across a small church with a recorded bell chime on the loudspeaker and a trio of zombies waiting inside. Rick, Shane, and Daryl quickly off the undead, allowing a, later, allowing a later opportunity for the members of the group to say their own personal prayers to the most famous zombie of all, Jesus. <laughs> I want to hell for that one. <laughs> I keep bringing up zombie Jesus every time I do these synopsis. Why? Yeah, Easter's coming, man. That's true. You know, I, I if you say I think if you say zombie Jesus three times in a mirror, he'll he'll appear. <laughs> uh, and and consecrate me. With his <laughs> he'll bite you in the neck. Skittle. That's true. Meanwhile, Andrea overhears Lori and Shane talking about Shane's plan of leaving the group, and in what will be the first of a long line of, of completely fucking stupid decisions, Andrea offers to tag along. Rick also goes into play to the benevolent zombie, who ironically wants his followers to eat of his flesh, and asks for the <laughs> risen lord to give him some sort of sign. Sorry again. Sacrilegious. One would think that this was the case, as soon after, Rick, Shane, and Carl come across a lone buck wandering through the woods. Marveling at the presence and the proximity of the deer, Carl moves forward to approach it, only to get a bullet in the chest that was fired from some unknown hunter stalking the deer. There you go. Season 2, Episode 1 of The Walking Dead. I knew that shot was coming, and I still jumped. I was waiting. I'm like, okay, he's going to get shot now. Now. Now, now, bam! Oh, <laughs> yeah. They they built up the tension a lot. See, I was this from this point on in the second season is where it starts going for me, kind of off the rails, mm-hmm. and because I was expecting, you know, this to be the point where there was the confrontation between, you know, Rick and Shane, and Rick was going to off Shane. This is where I thought that would naturally happen because that's where it happened in the book. But no, it didn't happen there. So I was kind of this is where I kind of got a little disappointed with the show. Uh, eventually, it came back around. I mean, the episodes were still good, but I the, the, the thing for the second season that kind of irked me was the expansion of the character of Shane. But uh, we'll get to that later. Let's you know talk about this episode. Mm hmm. I didn't like the be- at the beginning of this episode. I was not. Da- I don't like Rick Rick's little last season wrap up exposition over the the walkie talkie. It just see it doesn't seem natural. It, it it seems kind of for yeah. It doesn't seem like a real conversation that someone would have with a walkie talkie. Well, it seems like something that you would do if you were talking to someone on the phone and leaving an answering machine message. Right. The walkie-talkies are two-way communication. Right. There's no recording feature. So if someone isn't listening or if there is no power to the other walkie-talkie, you're just basically talking to yourself. Yes. It, was, it did really seem like a big just sort of exposition info dump there at the beginning of the show to get people caught up 
from what happened in the last season. So, yeah, I agree. Well, I, I wasn't a fan of that either. It, it started with that, and then when they like pull over and they start scavenging the cars, and Lori goes, "This is a graveyard. I don't know how to feel oh, like my, about this." It's just like, is she an asshole? The, You're in. Is she the apocalypse Debbie Downer or what? Is she the you know? like person who just doesn't <laughs> get that she's in the apocalypse at all? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and th- and then she looks at Carol when Carol's ho- holding up the shirt. Like, oh, I can't believe you're going to take that shirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ed never let me have nice things. (laughs) You know, and I think this is the reason a lot of people have this. You know, a lot of people talk about having negative opinions of Lori in the book. And again, I know I think we mentioned this on the show a couple times before that we never really saw. I never saw it. I liked her in the book. Actually, I thought she was a good she was, you know. I mean, there were points where, you know, there were the stresses in her and Rick's marriage. But in this, she's just playing like I and I guess maybe it's more realistic because the stresses of the whole world going to hell in a handbasket might bring out the worst in people. But uh, they just make her so unpleasant and like mm-hmm. uh, uh oblivious to to what is around what is around her and she's got a kid you know it's like what we're not going to get water from that truck because there's a lot of dead people here you know that's sounds like a great idea Lori. yeah Lori definitely in the show is far more of a just annoying character i mean uh, there's a lot a lot of the characters that i love in the comic will become really annoying in the show, Lori being one of them. She's judgmental and manipulative at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, not an attractive combination. No. I mean, I mean, the whole thing when she, her little confrontation with Shane, I mean, Shane's pretty much said, well, I'm leaving because, you know, I can't have you. This is a bad situation. Yeah. And it's like, she just, she just won't let it go. It's like, well, for, all well, right. For, he, she goes, she goes, that's probably it. it for, she's like going, that's a be- the best idea. And there's a pretty much, you know, well, you know, Shane trying to rape her helped a lot, but you know, she was, <laughs> she was pretty much cool with that. And then when he tells her, then she just starts fucking with his head. Just, yeah, you can't, you can't leave because you've got, you know, what's, you know, uh, what's Carl going to think? You know, you you've been so distant with Carl. I mean, she uh, she is yeah, horribly like, yeah. stereotypically bad of, you know, just playing both sides, being almost bipolar in some ways. It's just oh, maybe she is. She, huh? uh, that could have been it. But yeah, who knows the, what the zombie apocalypse would do to you, you know? Yeah. But, you know, uh, again, another character that I think. Like I said in my synopsis, another character that starts making bad decisions and starts annoying me is Andrea. I love Andrea in the comic. I really do. Yeah. And she. Another thing, another point where I'm like, maybe, you know, her character so damaged from losing her sister and everything. But then after a while, I think everybody's damaged from losing somebody. Somebody. Uh, Lori yeah. is doing pretty good. She's got her husband and her kid, you know, right. so her family's intact. And she, but and and I'm just thinking, man, the the women in this show are getting a short shrift. They're both just a mess, you know. They're 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 they're, they're stereotypical psycho chicks, you know. 
I mean, yeah, Carol's Carol's the one that's been beaten down by her husband, and Lori is well, Lori. Um. Um. Yeah. No. Yeah, and, I'm, and, and no. I, and then a- Andrea. I, I was going. I, I was thinking the actress's name, which is Lori. I'm like, didn't I just say Lori? Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Sean. No, but yeah, Andrea is yo. She's obviously beat up by the fact that her her sister got killed, but she just starts making stupid decisions that that lead up to even more stupid decisions down the line. So. Uh, well, the female I mean, this... characters on the show aren't really portrayed very well, at least in this opening bunch of episodes. Well, I mean, I think they're totally they they totally were picking up on uh, setting up the a whole thing where you know between her and Shane, when especially when he's showing her how to, to you know take care of her and clean her gun, there's a little bit of uh, definite interest in there. And, uh, and then, you know, and then she's like, come on, I'm, well, we're not going steady or whatever, but you know, she's leaving with, you know, she jumps at the opportunity to leave with, with Shane. And I mean, I think kind of her argument with Dale was made sense. You know, it was that I thought that was a good realistic, like couples argument. And, and Dale is kind of like, a little bit, you know, maddening in his, like, I always do the right thing type thing. But for Christ's sakes, a guy just say, saved your life, for, you know, for a suicidal woman, she was she was taking every opportunity to off that zombie and keep that zombie away from her, you know, inside the camper and mm-hmm. was pretty, pretty glad that Dale passed her that screwdriver through the seal mm-hmm. and then and then she just devastates him. Yeah, and that, that I, awkward I scene with T Dog afterwards where Dale's just sitting there obviously just like with his guts torn out and T Dog just sort of turns around just like that's tough dude. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's yeah, that's harsh. <laughs> you know, I, I, I will admit uh, you know, rewatching these, I think T Dog because when I remember initially watching these, T Dog sort of, I felt T Dog got the short shrift. Uh, I think I think he, you know, giving these a rewatch, his character gets a a little bit better. He's a little more interesting uh, on the second view. Mm-hmm. You're, I'm picking up more personality in him. Yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah, but but the only thing with T Dog, are they portraying him as the most uncoordinated brother ever? He <laughs> dropped the key on the roof. Now he slips and slices his arm open on a door. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Come on, man. He, Brother's he's, supposed to have moves. Well, that's <laughs> the great thing. He's got everything. the, he's got the, but he reminds me of like kids that I've worked with, you know, in, in restaurants and stuff who have a like tough name or they want to be called, you know, D1 or something like that. But they're just, you know, a, a, he's, you know, he just reminds me of like your average guy. He's like the most like just average Joe guy in the whole crew of all of them, you know. Which, so in other words, he, mm-hmm. he gave himself the name T Dog. It wasn't given to him, it's like, right? Yeah, right. Or it was given to him ironically. <laughs> trip, yeah, because he tripped everywhere. What's up, exactly. Trip Dog? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, and man, he was bleeding like a stuck pig too. 
I, I think, yeah, oh, that that is actually one of the most harsh moments of all the Walking Dead episodes because <sighs> it's mm. to a human and it's just the sound of the ripping noise and it's just mm. a very realistic looking awful cut from yeah, metal I, wound, from jagged I, metal wound. I ripped, uh, not obviously as big as that, but I ripped a... Um, like a two inch gash in my forearm. Um, but on, on the backside of it, when I was working in, well, I still work in construction. I was coming out, out of a ceiling and at a column there, you know, you have a ceiling grid and it came to a point and I was up and I kind of shimmied myself down and I came down real quick and I heard this ripping sound and wow. I was like, Oh, and I didn't even feel it. I was like, Oh man, I, yeah. I ripped my shirt. So I rolled my arm over to, to look at my shirt and I looked down and, and I could see, white because it went all the way through and i was looking at muscle yeah oh uh, and i just went oh okay <laughs> so we had to go to the hospital and uh they had to put uh eight stitches in it and sew it back together and nice. yeah. so so yeah that was very that was ugh, graphic. yes and well and, and also you know again coming to the medical side you know you cut the other side the inside part of your arm that's where all the veins and uh, arteries are that's where mm-hmm. they're all running yeah. they're closer to the surface there. So, you know, you get a good gash there. Uh, you cut a major artery. You're... Especially going up the arm like that. And because if you go across a vein, you can, you know, have a chance yeah, you to, can, to. Yeah, you can. You can either, you know, put pressure on it or whatever. You can't. It's harder to clamp it together around it, you know, right, radially around it. So, mm-hmm. but Oof. yeah, I, I do like the fact, you know, again, Daryl comes in with the clever save instead of them hiding under trucks of covering up with zombies or coming up with the dead. So that was kind of who, cool. But however you got to think. Yes. Who, who, who really at this point doesn't really need to save T dog because he did leave his brother on a roof. Mm-hmm. But so. I, I think this is just more of the expansion of, of Daryl as one of the, one of the better characters in the show, especially one of the better mm-hmm. characters that isn't in the book. Uh, you know, most people I know who watch the show and don't read the book are are completely enamored with the character of Daryl. And, you know, I think this is, you know, more and more where his character gets developed and gets a chance to break out, especially with him going out with Rick to look for Sophia after after they lost her. So, you know, Daryl gets his his expansion from role as just sort of gruff redneck biker guy to kind of what I, I kind of see is sort of the the analog in the TV show for what Tyrese was in the comic. So mm-hmm. yeah. Oh he's a character for the ladies. Oh definitely. he's the tough but tough guy but he's sensitive and he and he comes around to the right you know to do the right thing every time. It's just it's it's keeping the ladies watching. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah I agree because yeah my wife is it, it is pretty enamored with the character of Daryl. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, sweaty and, you know, as crossbow as he is crossbow. Yes. <laughs> this episode was also brought to you by Gerber. <laughs> Little product placement there to roll it out. Oh, look at this. Nice. hatchets. I just noticed, you know, obviously Hyundai with them finding like the completely perfectly, you know, pretty relatively clean, fully stocked Hyundai 
I guess it was a Tucson, whatever their little mini SUV is that they could go take and drive around. So they don't they, that they've got basically a brand new whatever 2011 or 2012 vehicle to drive around. And they've got their sponsorship as well. So well, Hyundai yeah, still that, a sponsor. We just just had the commercial tonight on tonight's show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got they they've been updating that that silly, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Walking Dead zombie killing machine or whatever. So, yeah, there you, you will find bits of product placement in there left and right. And Hyundai is one of the big ones. So, yeah. Good on you. So Hyundai. so who's paying for the damn cicadas? Um, The cicada product placement. <laughs> I don't know. See, Shut I don't up. Know. See, I can't stand uh, the thing. I like the ambient sound that they have in there, but sometimes it, yeah, I agree, it does get a bit too much. I mean, it makes me hot just listening to it. Well, that's what it's. I mean, it's like that's like for me, that's the antithesis, or, or that's just the definition of heat is hearing cicadas. It's just, oh, yeah. I I started picking on this show at the beginning, but once they get under the cards, this show's tense from that oh. moment on. Just like. And the cicadas add to it, like the music when they're when they're approaching that tent. The mu- at mm. first I thought the music was birds in the background, and then I'm like, oh no, that's like music coming up. And then the music was really subtle, from just very subtle sort of atmospheric stringy music to sort of um, gobliny, like light gobliny, sort of just sort of throbbing Italy horror music. Mm. So I, I was digging that. Did you see the pin that the guy in the tent was wearing? No. No. It took. It, I had to pause it several times before I could see it clearly. It said, no excuse for domestic violence. Uh, that's clever. <laughs> and another thing I know, I think that church shows up in season four. Hmm. When they when they first go into that graveyard, I'm like, that graveyard is looks really familiar, and they're running around Darryl the same area. Daryl when... and what's your name go into the funeral parlor? Yes, I thought hmm. that too, but I think it it was a larger building than that. I mean, maybe it was the same. Uh, maybe they just built a facade, and maybe it was the same well, graveyard. The, the church I thought might the be graveyard on one side was... of the graveyard, and oh yeah, that's true. That's true. It, I didn't think it, of that. But it looked like the uh, the exact same. There was a shot that almost looked like the same angle, and it might be they just used the same graveyard to shoot in. Maybe. <laughs> now the intensity of the road scene is matched by the eeriness of the church scene of them going in and the three zombies are sitting in the pews mm-hmm. was just freaking, I'm like, Whoa. And they all just turn and look at them. Like, like they were people just, in church, like people, like people in church, just praying. a normal day in church. Mm-hmm. And why were the zombies sitting in the church? Why were they not ambling around? That's what was so eerie about that. Well, that if was it was almost, in yeah. George Romero world, you'd understand. Cause they do that sort of like, you know, they still have a, like a muscle memory or like do. a, but yeah, Walking but Dead ones are kind of more primal than that. Right, right. That that was very. I don't think we've seen anything. I don't. Well, maybe we'll see it as we go. But I know we haven't seen it up till then. This is the first time you've seen something where they've done a a repetitive function they had done in the past. Right, right. There's no. There's been no bub yet. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I will admit that scene in the church where they're, the, the fact that those three walkers were just in there sitting there, that, that does give you pause to think they had to die in, in that there. church sitting there. So obviously they'd gotten sick, and for some reason they came to pray for whatever reason. Uh, but I guess they all would have had to have died at the same time or else they would have eaten each other, yeah. eaten the other ones. Uh, it's it's Yeah, I... I I don't know why that one scene just just gave me so much. Like, how did they get there? Why are they sitting there? Although maybe there was other people dead in the pews that we couldn't see. I don't, you know, I didn't really pay attention to that. Of course, there was the dead guy on the cross too. Oh wait, <laughs> and, never mind. Now I'm going to hell. That's okay. Well, I'll, I'll meet you there. Did you notice? Hey, like- we may be going to hell in a bucket, but at least we're enjoying the ride. Wow, man! <laughs> Back to that, dude. So. Did you guys notice that when Shane was like arguing with Laurie, his face is like smeared with dirt? His ears were like almost just black with dirt. And then, like, what would have been the commercial break? They come back and he's all cleaned off when he was talking to Andrea. Now, was this when they were at the the church? At the church, right? When he was discussing leaving with Laurie. Yeah, he probably walked in and cleaned himself up in the holy water. Oh, okay. Now who's being sacrilegious? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess any port in a storm, yeah. You're hot. You drink. Couldn't I hurt. remember being really the first time through, and I won't say why that opinion changed, but the first time through I was really annoyed with um um oh what's the little girl's name? Sophia. Sophia getting lost. Because yeah, I, now it's kind of sad because you know you know I, what's going on. I I felt you know like one of her last words in, in the car is, "Can we go to the Grand Canyon?" And uh, then you know she's out in the woods and uh, yeah, but we won't say okay. anything in case nobody's seen it. In case somebody hasn't seen it yet, but yeah, and well, and you know it it, anno- it, it annoyed me the first time because I'm like, ah, oh, this is just like a red herring to keep propelling them you know it's to add a little tension for the people who haven't read the comics and to sort of propel things forward a little but i thought it was kind of artificial but kirkman you bastard he he was thinking of something yeah i didn't i didn't realize initially that kirkman had written this and usually the ones where kirkman writes them they they ring a lot truer to the comic than you know when you have some other writer on Mm -hmm. the fact that kirkman and darabont and I'm assuming Darabont had to go under a pseudonym because of, like I said, his dismissal from the show. That, um, or the, yeah, they might that, have had to pay pay him a lot more if he went under Frank Darabont too. Yeah. So the the, the fact that you know the two of them kind of co-wrote this, you know, it, it's why it's one of those better written episodes. And was you know the, for the second season, this is one of my favorite episodes in there aside from, well, the, there'll be one coming up, you know, mid season finale. I think I'll have mm. a lot to talk about, but yeah, this I think was a good beginning to the second season aside from the sort of doofy, you know, wrap up that they had or the doofy uh, plot exposition that they had at the beginning of it. But I liked it. Well, well, what's, what's uh, weird and seems uh, sometimes prescient to what we're doing is that tonight's episode although chris hasn't seen it so we won't go into details but when you see it chris you'll see the parallels to this episode or, or you'll see things that 
You know what I'm saying, Sean? That yeah. it's it's kind of like it's it's that it resonate back to this episode. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. There there will yeah. be direct callbacks to this episode in tonight's episode, and and, and, and where where characters have come in their development. Yeah, and if you if you want to know, I think this is the third from the last episode of season four. Yeah, I think it's fourteen. Yeah, so I don't know exactly season four. Yeah, that might be it because it's. You it's know, a it, Carol, Ty- Tyrese, and the two young girls uh, mm-hmm. centric episode. So, so th- that'll give you an idea of which episode we're talking about. But Chris hasn't seen it yet, and we don't want to spoil it for him. No, bye, 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 bye. Yes, we're <laughs> no, we're not going to be spoilerific for people who haven't seen it. So there you go. Now, now if it's you know, like what is it three almost three years out? Yeah, we'll spoil the heck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, you guys got the uh, well, I I say Star Trek Two Rathacon reference, but it you know I think it's an actual Dickens reference. The uh, when Dale's up on top of the RV and uh, he tells T Dog, you know, oh I fixed the hose, you know, oh they would pro- if uh, they knew the hose was fixed, they would probably want to leave, you know, the the whole um, good for the group or the needs of the many. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. he's doing Star Trek Two. <laughs> I completely missed that. I knew I knew the idea of them just staying there so they wouldn't, you know, want to go on. But you know, him saying that the, the so, wow, I completely blanked on that. I'm a horrible Star Trek fan, Jesus. But Before yeah, that, no, penance. that's <laughs> my my penance is that I'll have to watch Into Darkness five times in a row. Oh, <laughs> yeah, with those uh, clockwork orange things prying your eyes open. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll watch it. I'll, I'll call up Hope, and she can just, you know, egg me on about how attractive Cumberbun is, or whatever. It is. <laughs> and she'll administer the water drops to your eyes so they don't right, dry. Right, remote control. <laughs> yes, but then she'll get distracted and like be on the phone with somebody, and your eyes will be like drying out. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. I. I... I was looking at the uh, at the deleted shower scene where he was oh, supposed to yes. be. Yeah, and then Sean goes blind anytime anybody else con. Blind <laughs> uh, Yes, that was not that was not a pleasant thing. <laughs> that was that was saddening. But this isn't the Star Trek show, thankfully. This is Walking Dead. I believe this is about in the point in the show when they were starting when they were used. I think this season is a season they started using super sixteen millimeter. I know definitely the majority of stuff that we see on the farm is shot in in sixteen millimeter, and uh, I I was one of those people who just I love the second season. I think I'm one of the few. I think this season was a tough season for a lot of Walking Dead watchers, especially for Walking Dead watchers who are the comic readers. I think this season really yeah, but. It's but why hard. would you? Because you have long stretches in a comic where nothing yeah. really goes on. So, I mean, granted, uh, yeah, I know. There, there I, was think, I think like, oh, that the comic so people are just eat. like in a hurry to get to the prison. They want to get to the prison, you know? Yeah. Mm. Well, what, what did you was it specifically the, the story that you liked or was it the visuals or was it a Both. combination? Or? I like that. It, I, I'm a fan of if if I'm in the world, if I've accepted this world and enjoy 
watching it, I could go episode after episode without even seeing a zombie for a while, without seeing any gore or anything, as long as it's a good, as long as there's a story building up, as long as there's character stuff going on. And that's what happens is we're going into a big character development season. You know, I mean, they get things are going to slow down a bit. There's not it's not going to be, you know, door to door fighting zombies story as much anymore. Yeah, because from here, I don't think we're going to see any massive zombie stuff until uh, uh, the episode. I'll just say when they go to uh, high school. Is all yeah. I want to say. Right, right. Uh, other than that, you're not going to see. There'll be a couple here and there, but you're not going to get a big zombie payoff for quite a couple. At, um, at least another three, I'd say, episodes. Yeah, you, you, you're gonna. We're gonna spend a bit of time at the farm, mm-hmm. and I, I think actually, to be fair, a lot of the people who hadn't read the comics were also like, "Let's let's get this moving," you know, at the same time. But I well, think it was Kirkman. Getting another, I think this season is Kirkman sort of thinking to himself, and Darabont's not involved, and Kirkman might be thinking, I have no idea what the egos and personalities of the people involved are, so who knows what Kirkman's motivation is. But I think he gets to indulge himself and explore a few things that he didn't get to explore in the comics and linger on some characters that he that he didn't perhaps maybe get to do everything he wanted to do with mm-hmm. <clears throat> Shane. So <laughs> yeah, <Carol>. well, <laughs> yeah. That that's that's true. The those those two characters definitely get a lot more screen time on the show than they did in the book. And you know, we can go back and forth whether that's a good thing or not. Um you know, I, I think after Shane pretty much you know, brought himself out in the season finale last season that he was drunk and wanted to try and rape Lori. I was pretty much done with him. I was mm-hmm. ready to see him go. But, you know, he, oh, he's his, a ticking his descent, time bomb at the very least. Yeah. The, the, his yeah, but at least we'll watch over the next couple of episodes will will really make it interesting. Yeah, but at least here he had decided to make that choice to leave because he he knew that he was that it wasn't going to change. This situation was not going to end well if he stayed and he's and he was going to leave. It's only because one of what Carl getting shot that he stays longer and eventually thinks go where they will go. At least that's the way I see it. That that Shane really I mean, maybe you shouldn't be so hard on him. But I mean, I know he's just going to do some terrible things later, but right here he was ready to leave. And I think if Carl hadn't been shot and they had found Sophia, he'd been gone. He, he, he you know, mm-hmm. it would have no, been I- a different it would have played out differently because he was man enough. He's like, he realizes he's not going to win this battle with Lori. Lori's not. So I'll see you next Tuesday. And he's going to go because, you know, crazy women are crazy. You just can't change crazy. True. But yeah, I I can, I can see that. Yeah. I thinking about it now. Yeah. If, if things would have worked differently with Carl and Sophia, Shane would have gone and, I don't know if that would have been a better thing or not. I, you know, you've got a, it's kind of six of one half, half a dozen the other. It wouldn't have been a better thing for the drama of the show. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. It would have been like Shane drives away, but they could always would have always had the option to bring him back later in some function 
or if something else happened, or maybe he would could, could have come back as the maybe he could have come back as the Negan character. Oh, uh, that's been interesting. Yeah, you well, know, and we've also seen characters you know get shunted away for a while and come back as well. Like in the mm-hmm. current season, we've mm-hmm. seen stuff like that happen. So, you know, that, but but yeah, we'll this is going to play out soon enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. how long is this season? The season was a little bit longer than the last one because the last one was only six episodes. Yeah, I think, I think this has got 13. a thirteen or fourteen episode. Yeah, right? yeah, that's either thirteen or fourteen with a mid-season break, which is, you know, it, it, the mid-season break will be an awesome show to talk about. Mm. Yeah, the mid-season yeah. break's pretty intense. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I like this. It was you know. Uh, it had its little wonky portion at the beginning, but overall, I think the direction is still going really well. Yeah, it didn't. I I I didn't start losing my way until a little bit into the third season. There were some parts in the third season where I was just throwing my hands up in the air. Second season, you're going to hear a lot. The story wise, uh, what? Um, but man, I'm going to be going off about. There's some beautiful visuals coming up. Oh yeah, the, the, there's one episodes. thing that they did. There's one thing that they did. The the filming of it, not, and deciding not to film it in digital, you know, d- doing you know actual film grain, it, it it makes it look all the more better. It throws some grit on it for sure, mm-hmm. which I like it at. <laughs> and it gives it a little more drive, you know, a little more drive in and those lush colors. I just I love it. I love it. Mm. But that's about all I got. Yeah. For for this one. Yeah. Go out and buy yourself a Hyundai Tucson, everyone, because <laughs> it'll get you through the zombie apocalypse. Didn't they? Then didn't they make like a special like Walking Dead car? Like not a yes, model, but it was like. No, that they they had. I know they had some sort of giveaway where I think. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Hyundai did a giveaway. Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a walking day. I don't know if you actually won the car from the show, or if you just won mm. a a version of it that was tricked out. Because mm. they have, I, I was driving down the street and I saw someone uh, with a Call of Duty, uh, like Call of Duty Four or something, or Call of Duty Modern Warfare tricked out Jeep. So they they do all these promotions all the time. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a Walking Dead. You want a car and a pack of Gerber knives. <laughs> <laughs> Must be 18 uh, to enter. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> okay. And there we go. <laughs> and we're out. We're in. We're out. We're in. Okay. Now we're out. That's the fade out part right there. <laughs> You can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you 
will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2 True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2 True Freaks at the same time. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. <laughs> Visit our brand new website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2 True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E. F-R-E-A-K-S. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends... Why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.